welcome back to another episode of the Format Podcast. Today, got a great guest in store for you. But before we get to all that, you know what to do. Please go ahead, click that subscribe, like, and hit that notification bell so that you can be notified when new episodes come out. If you want the audio-only version of the podcast, we're available anywhere you get your audio podcast. Just type in the Format Podcast. We should come right up. And if your audio podcast platform allows you to, please go ahead, give us that five-star review, help us move up in the algorithm so we can find more sports fans and more sports fans can find us. Finally, if you love the show, please don't keep it to yourself. Go ahead and share it. And uh, here we go. Let's make it happen. College football is not only in the air, it is here. So with college football on the way to weekend one, I uh, I've got a, a good friend joining me and um, one of one of my favorite uh, Twitter follows one of my favorite podcast watches and listens host of the always Irish Notre Dame football podcast John Kennedy John thanks so much for joining what's going on man Bruce it's always good to join you uh, you know this ball game has been circled forever yeah like like as soon as this schedule is made Everybody had this ball game circled for years. Mm-hmm. And then it was already going to be huge. Then Brian Kelly leaves for the Bayou. And then in comes Marcus Freeman, not even 40 years old. The man's yeah. my age. Yeah. Played at Ohio State. Yeah. Now he's in the head chair at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Hollywood couldn't write a better script. Couldn't write it any better. So everybody's just ready to see this. There's so mm-hmm. many unknowns with both teams. There's a lot of knowns too, but there's a lot of unknowns with both teams. A lot of intrigue, a lot of excitement. Week one, all of it. Two mm-hmm. top five teams. This is why people that love college football love college football. Absolutely. This. Everything that's baked into this dynamic and the way it's going to look in Columbus Saturday night is that's why we love the sport. Um, so I'm just excited to get it going. It's been, what are we going to see? What might we see all summer? Mm-hmm. Now we're going to have somebody to work with. Definitely. And, you know, you spoke to it and um, we talked a little bit about it uh, off air before we got on here. And this is probably going to be the the single biggest um, and probably most watched uh, college football game of the regular season this year. Um I fully expect 12 to 15 million viewers at peak. I mean, we we always see that. We saw that Clemson and Notre Dame when Notre Dame upset them at Notre Dame a couple of years ago. Um, we saw that three years ago when, when Notre Dame played at Georgia. I mean, there's a lot of people who still are, who still want to stick to the tired old debunked trope that uh, Notre Dame is irrelevant and they don't matter. But every time one of these big games happens, no matter how it turns out, Notre Dame is always involved when you look at the numbers at the end. I think that's pretty interesting. Yep. And, and that's what happens when you have a national following, you know, Notre Dame's one of the rare places where it isn't geographical, mm-hmm. you know, Notre Dame folks are spread out all over the country, all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's where you see this come into play. I mean, it, it's, and then, I mean, Ohio state's fan base is outrageous as well. I yes. mean, there's a lot of them. So And you know what else I like about this, Bruce, I think is kind of cool. It's one thing if you're one of these big name programs and you're going to be, you know, ballsy enough to schedule another big name program week one. That's already cool enough. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that it's the two of the northern football historical powers. doing. I like 
I like the fact that it's these Midwestern Northern iconic brands doing it. Um, mm -hmm. That just means a little something to me as a Midwest guy. Uh, right. And so I love that dynamic as well. Uh, but it's the way Notre Dame is, man. With We're everywhere. <laughs> you can't get away from us. We're everywhere. Every country, every state, you never know where you're going to turn around and find a Notre Dame person. So um, it, it's just, it's going to be exciting. And, and I got anxiety building by the minute. Yeah, no. And there's, there's to me, so many interesting storylines here. Number one, you touched on it. Hollywood couldn't write it any better. Notre Dame's new head coach, Marcus Freeman, he's Ohio State alum. Like, it, does it get any crazier than that? He yeah. played in the shoe. He knows the shoe. He's going to be able to tell tell those Irish players what it's going to be like, what the locker rooms are like, where they are, how it is coming out onto the field, what they're going to hear, what they're going to see. All that is there, you know, and now he has to put that nostalgia to the side and say, okay, you know, I'm not a Buckeye anymore. I'm Irish now. And, and I think that's going to be um, just such an amazing and um, incredible twist to this game that, that, you know, was utterly unexpected, obviously, when um, both both schools signed up for this to play this game. It's such an amazing twist. How do you feel that may or may not uh, have an impact on the outcome? Man, it's it's unbelievable the journey Marcus Freeman's been on since I, I believe it was late November, early December when Kelly left and, and then the whirlwind of, you know, what was going to happen. It, I feel like there's four of the guy. He's everywhere. Uh, you look online and he's in New York in a picture. Yeah. And then two hours later, he's somewhere else. And then he's with the recruit. Like, it's been a whirlwind. And um, I, he's had a lot on his plate. And and navigating all that cannot be easy for anyone, let alone a guy where it's your first job, you're under 40. That is a lot to deal with. However, mm. Marcus Freeman put himself in the position to get this kind of job under 40 because he's exceptional. Um, not only just interpersonally, but the guy's been around winning football. He knows what it looks like. He's been around Trestle, Kelly, all these guys fickle. Mm -hmm. He learned from them. Um, he's a student of the game. He's going to pick this up. What I find most interesting about this game against Ohio State is, as a Notre Dame person, I see Freeman going down two train tracks at the exact same time that we need to monitor. One of them is the long-term picture. And a lot of that is roster overhaul, fixing some areas of depth where, where we're lacking because of the previous staff, whatever. That kind of build is going to take a couple, a few years to get that roster in his vision exactly where he wants it. You have that long-term project that I feel great about because I love the way the guy recruits, all right? Then you have the short-term project of, oh, by the way, week one, year one, game one, go beat the number two team in the country at mm -hmm. their place at right. night with a new quarterback, a new staff. Good luck, Marcus. Like, so the Freeman era isn't going to be determined by what happens this game. Whether it's good or bad, like the Freeman era is going to be bigger than that. But this is the data point immediately in front of us. So uh, there's two dual tracks here with Freeman to monitor at the same time. I need to see proof, Bruce, that the way he ran this fall camp was the right way. Mm -hmm. Like that he had the right feel of what to do, how physical to be and when to pull off, when to push. Mm -hmm. When to do what, how much focus to put on certain areas. 
That's a big deal for a first-time head coach, and there's no margin for error to let it play out against Central, Southern, Junior High, whatever, and work it out. Mm -hmm. So you're going to find out right away whether he knows how to run a camp the way you need to run it to play a top-two team in the country right away. That's the immediate piece I want to see. There's areas where we're deficient in a little talent, but I will be able to see that he has those guys ready to play and everything's organized and tidy, conditioning's right, and all that. So I'm looking for that right away. What are you looking for? Well, I, I think one of the pluses um, in that that you mentioned is that he's got a lot of experienced and veteran coaches on that staff, especially um, Harry Heastan, O-line coach, and then, of course, Al Golden, the defensive coordinator, who's also been um, – a division one uh, uh, head coach and he's been a coach in the NFL. So having that experience near him in terms of, in terms of helping him to navigate camp and, and what you mentioned, when to push, when to pull, obviously it's going to be his call at the end, but having that experience around him, I think um, was probably invaluable in terms of how he should have done it. Um, what I am looking for specifically is um, what we've seen too many times before in big games with Notre Dame. And that's the play of the secondary, because I think I heard you mention it on one of your shows, this Ohio state team, as we all know, this is a team where a misstep from a defensive back and you're giving up six real fast. We know how loaded they are in that wide receiver room. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, who I've heard may be better than Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, which is saying a whole lot. Obviously, you got Marvin Harrison Jr., you got Julian Fleming. These guys have a bunch of number one wide receivers and not just number one in terms of wide receivers that would be number one on other teams, guys that were number one at their position in their classes. So Ohio State, that that's wide receiver you. They are pumping them out. They know what they're doing. Um, kudos, hats off to Brian Hartline over there, really recruiting the wide receiver position and coaching them up right. So what I want to see is how the Notre Dame defensive backs are going to be able to deal with that. And on a larger scale, I guess the defensive scheme, because clearly Notre Dame is not going to have the depth at defensive back to be able to control all of that. So there's going to have to be a lot of clever scheming to, to be able to, uh, to, to deal with that. And that's mainly what I'm looking for in this game more than say, you know, the typical speak of control the trenches and run the football and time of possession. And all those things are important, no question. But how Notre Dame is going to be able to deal with that explosive passing attack is absolutely number one for me. Yeah, that's a very good point. Going back to your Al Golden, uh, I love the fact that Al Golden's on the staff. He's been mm -hmm. in the NFL. He's been in college, you know, recruited, been in draft rooms, seen it all, done it all. That's a yeah. guy that... He, Marcus needs to tell him, Al, you have an open door policy. Call me, come in, whatever. If yeah. you see something you want to run by me, do different, you know, put an idea in my head, open door policy. So I love Al Golden being on this staff. You know, that was kind of an Elston type role mm -hmm. or, or I thought, and then he left and I'm like, man, I'd feel good if we had one of those older old heads there. Mm -hmm. And I love Harry. But Harry's skill set is is good for Harry. Like yeah. there's certain things that I, I don't go to Harry for when it comes to the touchy feely, you know, uh, type stuff. And right. so I, I think Al Golden's perfect for that. Like, hey, listen, man, my entire cognizant life of Notre Dame football 
the secondary has been a problem in big games. Yeah. So I'm going to have that scar tissue no matter what. And I have been saying against this team, one wrong half step and you're toast, you're burned. Yeah. And Notre Dame can't afford that. So the secondary play is obviously important. So what you need there is the guys you know are expected to be elite have to be. Brandon Joseph, you're the leader back there. We need you mm -hmm. to get everybody organized and make big plays. If Notre Dame's gonna gonna perform well against that wide receiver group this week, that isn't enough. You need other guys to step up that aren't household names yet. You know, have have somebody else in that secondary at the other safety position also make a play. Mm -hmm. Right? Give me a young guy, Mickey in that secondary, you know, Lewis, somebody step up, JD Brown, whoever it is. You're gonna need other guys to contribute to to put yourself in a position late in this game to be able to win it. Also, what goes along with that is if you think you may be a little vulnerable in the back end, the best thing you could do is crank up that pressure on, on your line. Mm -hmm. And especially when that's probably the strength of your defense, Notre Dame feels really good about that front rotation. And the more pressure they can, they can put on all of that up front, it makes it a little easier to contain on the back end. And mm -hmm. that's very much the way Michigan beat Ohio state and made it to the playoff last year. Right. They bullied him up front on both sides, pushed him around and ran it right to the playoffs. So mm -hmm. it all connects, but Notre Dame secondary and big games. I, I, it's just always been a thing yep. and I'm, I'm never going to relax about it. And this game week one, you're worried about a miscommunication. It makes you nervous, justifiably. So mm -hmm. uh, what are you seeing or what are you hearing um, in terms of, uh, possible um, offensive scheming with Tommy Reese. He's really regarded extremely highly as, you know, the next offensive wonderkind, which is really amazing because Notre Dame is not known for producing, you know, top end skill position talent. But just the other day, I heard Sean McVay, the coach of the Rams, you know, waxing poetic about him in terms of referencing Kyron Williams and, and how Notre Dame guys really come out ready to play in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. What are you hearing about uh, possibly how uh, Notre Dame offensively plans to attack Ohio State? I know that uh, Tommy Reese has the advantage of knowing that this is a Jim Knowles defense, which, of course, uh, Notre Dame saw in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State and had a lot of early success against them. So, you know, and, and obviously Ohio State, they're going to they're going to know that as well. And probably Jim Knowles will add some wrinkles and. Of course, the talent level is going to be ratcheted up from Oklahoma State to Ohio State. But what do you think um, uh, Tommy Reese has has planned in terms of how to really go ahead and attack that? I think it's this is a very interesting point where the schedule comes into play. You know, if you had Notre Dame's next couple games as the first two, mm -hmm. I think my answer to this would be way different. I think you would you would want to ease your new quarterback in and a, a, a power heavy run focused offense. And you would believe against Cal and Marshall, you'd be able to do that. Ease the pass game along it. You do not have that luxury with the Ohio state nope. being game one. So that changes things. So then you look at everybody in the world knows Notre Dame's wide receiver depth and proven talent. There isn't where anybody wants it. It's at a unhealthy level. Notre Dame knows that too. I expect that boy wonder genius moniker that you hear from the NFL circles talking about Reese. 
you're going to need to see it if Notre Dame's going to win this game. Get creative. You have you don't have the luxury not to. So whether that means getting creative with Buckner with some packages with Estime as a lead blocker and he can run it or throw it or get creative that way. Whether it's knowing you don't have the numbers at wide receivers, so you're using more multiple tight end sets Mm -hmm. as blockers or blocking, and then they go out for a pass, whatever. I think a guy like Tyree, you could get real creative with, especially if Diggs is back and is actually going to be a full go, which I wasn't really expecting off his injury in the blue and gold. So if he could be out there, that gives you more flexibility to move Tyree out into the slot Mm. or do some multiple back type sets. So I just think you don't have the option not to try and get creative because you're not working with the full deck of cards outside. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is some potential in that wide receiver room. The issue is when you're going against Ohio State at their place, I can't trust blind potential. I can only trust what I know I've seen people do. Um, So that group could surprise us Saturday night. It's just, I can't bank on that and plan for that. So I need to work with what I think I I can work with. Use your offensive line. You think it's going to be pretty good. Get creative with those tight ends and backs. Use what you know you have as best you can. Right. Um, Michael Mayer, um, most people regard him as one or one A as best tight end in the country, along with Brock Bowers down in Georgia. Obviously, I have a little bit of bias towards Michael Mayer. I mean, having watched every game he played over the last two years, I um, think he's an absolute stud. And there's no disrespect to Brock Bowers. He's an absolute stud as well. But I think it's a lot easier to be a stud when you got that defense that's not giving up anything. But anyway, the different argument entirely, right? But um, what type of success do you see him having in this game? So I've always been a proponent to some extent of zagging when everyone else is zigging. You got to believe, obviously, football is a game where you you get the ball in the hands of your best playmakers. And that's no question on offense. That is Michael Mayer. However, you would think that Ohio State is going to be extremely well prepared for that and will do their best to take him out of the game. How much do you think um, Tommy Reese attempts to use him in almost some decoy mode in order to get other guys going? Yep. Um, that's a terrific point. Everybody knows he's the focal point of that Mm -hmm. offense. He's the best player on Notre Dame's team going to be drafted the highest. Um, I always say on my show, half joking, but at the same time, totally serious. There is no amount of passes thrown his way. I'm ever going to say is too many. It doesn't exist. That, Mm -hmm. that number is not real. And I will never say it's too many. Um, I did see an Ohio state YouTuber. Oh, who was it? A former Ohio State player, linebacker, I believe, had a show. And they were talking about how Ohio State should try and handle Mayer. And he was talking about keeping that one single eye safety in the middle, bracketing a linebacker over, kind of boxing him in so there's not that open middle space to work with. Mm-hmm. Opening and exposing areas outside, you yep. know, outside the hash marks. And then daring Buckner to make a tough throw on an out or, you know, to the sideline. But they seem to think Knowles is going to do everything he can to make sure he's bracketed and is never over the middle without a guy on one side or the other. Now, if Notre Dame smart, use that the way you just said to use it. 
if he's got one-on-one coverage, give him the ball. Mm-hmm. If you could yeah. drag another safety over just enough to open a void for somebody else, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's just as good as him catching the ball because of what he does to people after he catches it. Right. But he could, he could do as much help for this offense without having the stat line if he's doing that good of a job, dragging traffic all over the field, opening it up for other people. Right. Um, but there's... He's the focal point. There's no doubt about it. And as the season moves along, maybe start, uh, um, maybe they can get more production out of the backup tight ends. That's the other thing. Mm, we have potential okay. there, but a yep. couple guys with injuries. I'm not quite sure what the pecking order is going to be. But when we get further down this road, maybe you'll have another one of those guys that you really trust too. Um, mm. But Jim Knowles is no dummy. And he's going to make sure that they, they have bodies around him. Mm-hmm. And I also expect Knowles. You know, Ohio State was mad about their defense last year. They were very mm-hmm. vanilla. They did not do a lot of movement and disguising and blitzes and uh, delays. It was a very, very basic defense. Knowles knows the way to rattle a young quarterback is to confuse him. I expect mm-hmm. him to have movement and disguising. They're going to try and get in Buckner's head and make him throw them the ball a couple of times. So can he navigate that? I don't know. Big ask for him. His first start on the road at the big, uh, I almost said the big house (laughs) close enough. The the horseshoe. horseshoe. You know, I was actually thinking about it um, with a dominant tight end, like Michael Mayer and an extremely mobile quarterback, like Tyler Buckner, who can also throw it. If I'm Tommy Reese. And if I can think about this, I'm sure he did as well. I'd probably maybe try to steal a couple of things from the Baltimore Ravens and what they do with Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews in, in terms of having an elite tight end and a very mobile quarterback who can um, who has the ability to move things around in terms of what the defense shows or, or does in reaction to said movement. I definitely would try to steal some of that. Maybe on the passing concepts, I try to steal a few things from Andy Reid with um, Holmes and Kelsey. You know, uh, coaches steal from each other all the time. I, I would think that those would be some things you would look at in terms of having an elite tight end and, and how you might be able to utilize him to exploit the opposition. Yeah, I mean, he's just a monster. He's mm. just an absolute monster. And I guess I was listening to uh, somebody who was at practice and they said Mayor beefed up, put on a bunch of weight, but it's all muscle and he, he hasn't blocked. He didn't lose any speed or agility at all. It's just all that granite muscle. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's beautiful. Um, you love to see it. Uh, I, I just, the thing with Buckner that makes me nervous is, I think for Notre Dame to have a chance late in the game to pull this off against Ohio State, he's got to be dynamic with his legs. I think that has to be a yeah, part of this. I agree. But the risk with that is, He's your starting quarterback. You can't run him out there to get his head knocked off. Right. You know, second quarter trying to get mm-hmm. two extra yards against right. Ohio State. Right. At the same time, you can't afford to play it safe because you're going to need his mm-hmm. legs to win this game. He's right. going to have to do that. Uh, and so you just hope he's smart with when to get down or get out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Nobody takes a cheap shot. Um, that's really the biggest thing that could derail Notre Dame's season is Buckner going down for a long-term, a uh, long amount of time that would mm-hmm. retard the development of that offense. And I don't think they can afford it. Um, so that's interesting too. How much of the plan is going to be letting Buckner work with his legs? So um, 
another thing that I definitely was um, thinking about, and this is more reminiscent of the Brian Kelly era in these big games, knowing the deficiencies at the skill positions, mainly the wideouts. Um, Brian Kelly was very big on being physical up front, using the ball control, pounding the, the football. Now, Harry, he stand his back and we know that he's undoubtedly done an outstanding job with that offensive line. Got a lot of talent there, O-line you and all that. But I'm just thinking you don't have a Kyron Williams or a going back a couple of years, a Josh Adams. You don't have that guy who is a 25 carry pounded back um, necessarily available for this game. Chris Tyree is always a home run threat with elite speed, um, but he's not. I don't think you can put it in his belly 25, 30 times and say, take us to the promised land, much like Ohio State can with uh, Travion Henderson. So what do you do in terms of the run game and, you know, possibly trying to slow things down a little bit or when you need to be able to pick up third and two on the ground? I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to play out. Any ideas on that? I think here's what I do like. Well, the one the one. The, right, the running back room's interesting to me. I went into the blue and gold game feeling like that was a real strength, and I felt like we had a lot of depth there, and not only just depth, but guys with different skill sets that can all contribute. Mm -hmm. um, and then J.D. Price, the freshman, looked great at the blue and gold game. I was He was going to play a lot this year. He got hurt, and then Diggs got hurt. Then I didn't feel as good about that depth. Now it looks like Diggs is going to be back. So here's how I view this is, I think those are three different guys with three three varying skill sets, and you could use them differently. It wouldn't surprise me if Estime ends up being that big body, short yardage, goal line, third and two, fourth and one type body. And then I think Tyree's more your speed guy and a guy you could flex out a little bit and if you want to throw it to him. And then I think Diggs is kind of in the middle, can do a little of both. Um but I just think Estime has that body for the, the short yardages. And I think Tyree's the one you want to find a way to scheme him into space. Um, mm. So I think there's a good role here for all these guys. Um, but how that's going to break down how many carries, I'm interested to see that too. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I think, you know, to put a bow on all this, it's just – if, if you love Notre Dame football, this is the type of game that you live to see because Notre Dame gets these games. And then you say, however you feel about Brian Kelly, he did a an outstanding job over the 10 plus years he was there in terms of getting Notre Dame to a point where they had as much talent as maybe many people believed that they could get to that point. And you know, two college football playoff appearances, uh, five straight 10 win seasons, really right there knocking at the door at that top of tier two, but never able to get over the hump. These are the games that you have to win. These are the games you love to see. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we know Ohio State is just absolutely loaded. They may be the most talented roster in the country coming into the game ranked number two and favored by, I believe, 17. Um <laughs> Do you think uh, Notre Dame covers? And uh, what do you see in terms of how this plays out? I know you've probably gone over this a million different ways in every way possible. But at the end of the day, we're, we're at that point now. What, what do you see this being kind of at, at the end of it? 
Yeah. I mean, it's always tough when you're a Notre Dame guy, the way I am, you know, mm -hmm. your head versus your heart, yeah. you know, how you look at these I'm doing, I'm doing predictions this year for the USA today, their Notre Dame wing. And same thing. Wow. I'm sitting, I'm sitting there looking at the math, trying to figure out how I'm, how I'm going to pick this score. You know, mm -hmm. I here's, here's what I think. I think, uh, long-term there's, there's going to be a higher, potential ceiling for Notre Dame under Marcus Freeman long-term mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily help him game one week, one year right. one. Right. So that is, uh, you know, there's a little dichotomy there. I do expect, I think Notre Dame's going to come out ready to play in a way they weren't for these big games under Kelly. I think this is the different vibe under Freeman. They're excited to play for him. It's okay under Freeman to be emotional about football and everything's not a boring business trip. Mm. Clock in, clock out. So I expect them to come ready to play. I also expect Notre Dame to be able to hold their own decently up front on both those lines. But what I see happening is I think Notre Dame's offense is going to have some times where they can put things together and look good, and they're going to have some, some struggles too. Week one, year one, new quarterback, night game, loud, you know, all the talent mm. they're going against. All those things are working against them. And I think Notre Dame hangs in there, but all that skill, talent, plus Stroud yeah. finds a way at yeah. home in the Columbus night mm. to make those two to three plays that are just backbreakers and they end up winning. I think Notre Dame covers the spread. Mm -hmm. They don't embarrass themselves, mm -hmm. but I just think they have the guys and the experience to make those two to three plays mm -hmm. that Notre Dame's chasing and our offense just can't keep up. Um, do I want to be wrong? Yeah, but you're not asking what I want to happen. You're asking right. what I think's going to happen. Those right. are different questions. Yep. Um, now, there's a path for Notre Dame to do this. I'm not saying, I don't look at this like Alabama in the playoff. There's a path here. Mm -hmm. But Notre Dame's got to do everything really, really tidy. And if one little thing goes off, mm -hmm. I think the plan unravels. So win both lines, play a clean game. Buckner plays not like a guy who's starting his first game. You catch a couple breaks, make a special teams play. I think Notre Dame needs some things to happen. There's a path, but they have to be very, very, very sharp week one to do it. There you have it. There you have it. John, thanks so much for taking time out. I know you're super busy getting into the season here, but I really appreciate it. Um, you know, <laughs> You and I will uh, definitely be in touch throughout the season. We'll do this a few more times. And um, before you leave, tell the people where they can find you. For sure. So YouTube, just type in Always Irish. Hit subscribe. I appreciate it. Twitter, search bar Always Irish or at Always Irish Inc. You could find me there. Audio, if you want to do audio only, you're on the road all day. We could do that. Um, but go to the YouTube channel. There's a lot of good content. Some serious, some not so serious. Uh, you never... <laughs> You yeah. never know what you're going to get um, out, of, out of my channel. So uh, make sure you go over there and check it out. Now, Bruce, as I let you go, don't let all these SCC people hold you down, down south. <laughs> I know you're down there and you're surrounded by a man and, and you're trying to keep your head above water here. It's holding painful, the Notre man. Dame fort. Yeah. Don't <laughs> let them run you down, man. Notre Dame. Listen. Notre Dame's going to be in really good shape under Freeman. Give him a little time so. to get things where he wants them. I think so. All right, John. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate thanks, you taking Bruce. the time have to a good join one. me. Enjoy the games this weekend, man. It's, it's great to have football back. Yes, it is. All right. Take, take care, man.